Support for this podcast comes from Insincorator. Insincorator is the world leader in food waste disposers and holds over 200 patents on fine grinding and quiet technology innovations. Based and assembled here in the United States, Insincorator produces the popular Badger series and can offer many upgraded disposers, such as the Pro series, built for plumbers and builders to meet the needs of more demanding customers. Visit Insincorator.com to learn more. Invest in your people, um, and it's not only with training, but sometimes it's just you investing your time in them. Yeah, yeah. Um, and but make sure that you're training and making sure that they know how much you care mm-hmm. and what you're willing to do to help make them successful. Welcome to the Successful Contractor Podcast, powered by Success Group International, a show for residential contractors about residential contractors. We chronicle business journeys share insights, and celebrate successes in this wonderful industry. I'm your host, Bob Houchin. Hey, podcast listeners, I'm excited to bring to you this conversation I had with Nick Martin, owner of Steve Huff Plumbing in Kingsport, Tennessee. If you're a regular listener, that company name may sound familiar, and for good reason. In episode number 17, I interviewed the founder of Steve Huff Plumbing, Steve Huff. He shared his insights from over 40 years in the contracting industry, as well as talked about how he and his wife, Donna, sold the business to Nick, whom they hired as a fresh-faced 18-year-old right out of high school, and helped groom him into the successful technician, general manager, and eventual new owner of Steve Huff Plumbing that he is today. In this episode, we talk with Nick to get his perspective on his journey in contracting, and I think you're in store for quite a treat. Nick Martin's only 33 years old, but he has wisdom well beyond his years. Steve Huff Plumbing surpassed $4 million in sales with 12 trucks in the road, at incredibly strong margins this past year. Nick and I dig deep into the many features and facets of Steve Huff Plumbing's operation that helped the company enjoy such success. But what I found most compelling was how in tune Nick is with his team. He truly understands how to keep a pulse on his company, how to coach people up who need a hand, and how to bring everyone together with some fun and by showing just how much he cares. This is a power-packed 45 minutes. I hope you enjoy and take away another or two. All right, Nick. Hey, thank you so much for your time today. I'm really super excited to have you on the show. Uh, For everyone tuning in, would you please share with them your name, your company name, and where you guys are located? So, um, my name is Nick Martin. I am the president of Steve Hoff Plumbing, and we are located out of Kingsport, Tennessee. That's exciting. Great, Nick. Thank you for coming on. Um, you know, we're talking because uh, we actually spoke to the gentleman who uh, founded your business and you, who sold to you uh, a, couple, I guess a couple weeks ago, maybe a couple months ago. And I thought it'd be great to get your perspective on, on business and, and kind of how you grew up at Steve Hoff Plumbing. Um, well, first of all, before we get into, into your background, uh, maybe just share with everyone how, how great business has been the last couple of years. I think what you're doing, you're going to hit $4 million this year at a really good margin? Yes, we will hit $4 million this year. Uh, we have had a great year mm-hmm. uh, with all that's been going on. Yeah. Uh, we've actually added two new trucks to the fleet this year alone. That's all. That's that's great. That's really great. That's awesome. So was that twelve? Is that twelve now? Yes, puts Man. us up at twelve trucks. Look at you guys. All right. Well, we'll get into to, to, to manpower and stuff a little bit later. Um, but uh, first things first. Let's circle back. I know uh, in talking with Steve, and I've known him for forever. Maybe not quite as long as you, but for a long time. Uh, you started with him when you were uh, just a young guy, right? Almost not long after high school. 
Yes, I, I started with him. I was 18. Um, right, I started with him in August, and I graduated high school in June. Okay, and, and I remember I was re, I was going back over our interview. Uh, Steve admired that you were a hustler. You were, what? You were working McDonald's. You were working at Walmart. You, there's like you were just constantly uh, always had something going. Is that right? Yes, um, I was working forty hours a week, probably from the time I was sixteen. Okay, even with high school or going on. Look at you. Um, so, what? What? How did you hook up with Steve? What? You know, did, did a family friend introduce you? Uh, did you just blindly apply? So I, I knew I wanted to go into the plumbing industry. Mm-hmm. So me and a high school teacher actually sat down one day and opened a phone book to start calling plumbing companies to try to find me a job. Okay. And when we opened the phone book, the first the first one was Steve Hoff Plumbing, and that's who we called. That's funny. It's probably an old uh, SGI ad that was in there too. Uh, probably. That's pretty, that's pretty funny. So okay, so you just you just called and, and what you went through the interview process and did you meet with uh, Steve and Donna then? Uh, I went through the interview process and I met I came in and did an application, did an interview with Donna and she said, you know, look, we want to hire you but we're not ready for you yet. Okay. She said, uh, but we could we could do it. We could work something out to get you started in August. Okay. And then and then August happened and now how did you how did you get uh, onboarded? Were you just doing ride alongs with Steve back then or uh, how did how did you kind of get up to speed with everything? Uh, yeah, I just I rode along with all the different technicians that we had at the time. Okay. Um, and and learned from them um, and from Steve as well. Sure. Yeah, Steve mentioned you were a, a fast learner, and and again, your diligent work ethic uh, kind of shown through quickly. Um, and and what I can't, I can't recall what he said exactly. How long did it take you to kind of assume the team lead role, where everyone kind of knew you were the you know you were the guy to go to, whether it be communication questions or technical questions. It, you kind of it just took over that role. How long did that take you? Um, I would say probably a couple years, couple two to three years, something like that. Um, of course, it took me about a year, year and a half to, but until I got in the fire van. Sure. So I would say probably two to three years after after being here is when I really started kind of rising to the top and 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 assuming some roles. Right, right. Now you went from really I don't know you didn't really have a, a an operations manager role. If I understand, Steve, I think Steve said you went from essentially kind of a technician slash team lead right to general manager, right? Correct. Okay. Now before that though, you were doing tra- you were doing training. Or am I incorrect with that? Yes, correct. I was doing. I, I did all of our training with all of our new guys, um, and also with the different SGI companies that would come and visit us. Right, right. That's right. You have done some some training. That's that's great. Um, maybe uh, just talk about what what kind of uh, what is what does training look for you guys these days? Because that's still something you do, you actively do, right? Uh, I still have a hand in it. Um, I don't do it all anymore. Okay. Um, but we train five days a week. Right. Right. Um, I also still get out there and do ride-alongs with my technicians and the um, and the apprentices mm, very uh, cool. to keep my hand just to keep my hand in it and kind of keep the know-how and uh, and keep my skills sharp, but also be able to keep them at the top of their game as well. Yeah, that's great. What um, what do the training sessions typically look like? Is it all what you know? Five days a week's a lot. How long are they rolling? What kind of uh, topics do you guys discuss? Um, are certain days more? Do you talk about with the numbers? Maybe celebrate successes? Kind of give a, a breakdown specifically, if you could. 
So on Tuesdays, um, it is that's when we go over our numbers. We put our numbers up on our scoreboard in the meeting room. Mm-hmm. We discuss anything that might have came up over the week um, or any kind of warranty calls or callbacks we had. Yeah. Just to talk, just to look for where we can improve and, and help each other as a team. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The other four days, um, we do a lot of training off of the disc personalities. Oh. Um, we're, we're very big on that. We actually do a disc test as, a, as part of our interview process. So before I even ever speak with you in an interview, you're going to have done a disc test. Okay. Okay. Uh, but we do a lot of training with disc. Um, and then we the, and the, the other four days between disc training, um, the role playing, mm-hmm. um, just on different calls and using disc in the role playing as well. Very good. Um, even down to pricing. Oh, okay. Okay, great. How um, that's interesting. Do you now when you when you look for for certain when you're hiring for certain you know say uh, for service techs, is there a certain type of personality profile you prefer, or have you had success with just about every type? No, I've had success with every type. It, it takes all types to make the wheel go around. Mm-hmm. I like. Um, if you have too many of one personality, you're gonna. You're, the ship is going to want lean one way or the other. Interesting. I like that. I like that. And when role playing, um, you know, and, and and training with how to handle um, customers with different personality profiles using disc. How, like, for someone who's D, who's you know very driven, kind of very direct. How do you how do you teach your guys? To manage, you know, manage is maybe not a good word, but how to, to work with with the homeowners that are, are deep personality. Um, so if I've got somebody that that is that isn't a deep personality, and we're trying to bring them up to speed on how to how to deal with a D, when we do the role play, we might put them on one of the role plays. We'll put them as the homeowner and tell them they have to act as a D. Mm, okay. Very good, very good. Is is that the most difficult personality to deal with as a, as a homeowner, or, or are there other ones you think are more difficult? Um, you know, a D and a C both can be uh, both can be a complicated uh, <laughs> individuals, or the well, probably the hardest combination, in my opinion, is a D and a C mixed together because not only do they want it now, but it better be perfect. Right. Yeah, because the C's are a little more analytical, maybe, and and they really kind of they start. Do they ask you all the technical questions and researching stuff there on on their phone as you talk talk to them? Exactly. <laughs> well, well, how do you? Yeah. So, how do you manage a, a personality like that? Is it just having all your facts in order, or is it? it Having your facts in order, but you know, also setting the expectation for that call when you come in, and just setting what's going to be going on, what we're going to check, what we're going to do, and knowing your product and your services. Mm-hmm. Now, I've heard from some people that have they've said S personalities can sometimes be the trickiest. Not that they're they're not they're easy to get along with, but you don't really know what's going on inside their head, right? And because they just want to be amiable and accepting, and and all of a sudden you think you did a great job, and sometimes they, they don't move forward. Is that do you find that to be the case, or how do you kind of manage an S personality? It, it is. It's very easy to sometimes overrun the S and not realize that you are. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you have to, you've really got to zone in. And that's one of the big things we train on with our guys is within the first 10 minutes, we really want them to have a good, a good 
idea of what kind of personality they're dealing with mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. before they get too far along in the call and it's already too late. Okay. How do you, um, with an S personality, how do you truly gauge if, if you can tell they're, they're receptive to what you're, you're kind of recommending or if they're just being agreeable? Is there just somehow you can tell the difference or, you know, get them engaged, like I said, engaged with what, what you're, you're talking to them about? Um, you know, definitely make them make them feel included as you're going through and doing your findings. Ah, okay. Um, you know, uh, having them be a part of it a lot of times is a big it helps with that. Got it. Got it. So, kind of just you got to be slow and easy with them. Right. Right. Okay. Now with those D personalities, I'm sure most of the time they don't want to walk around with you. They got other things in their on their minds. Does that mean you're taking uh, you're taking pictures of what you're seeing and coming back with those or or only do you do you pull them in maybe when you see something important? Uh, depending on the, you know, depending on that ID, um mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll definitely. So all of our guys do before and after pictures on everything they do. Got it. Got it. Uh, but it's definitely one of those things. If that D is, is is a very high D, so he's he's not gonna he's not gonna come with you. Right. It's a it's a great idea to say you know I do have some pictures of what what I found. If you'd like to take a look at them. Right. Right. Now now with your C personalities, are they more apt to uh, definitely come and look at what you did afterwards because they feel like they have to inspect it, or or are they more photo people what's your experience with that they they like to come look at it okay um they they like to have the photos for the records by all means okay there they, you go. they definitely are fine with come they want to come and look at it and get their hands on it okay okay we haven't talked about the eyes the happy you know outgoing boisterous are those probably your, your your favorite calls because they're they're just happy to have you over and and they're they're kind of easy to work with or what's your experience with them they are they they are definitely the most exciting and the most fun probably um but they definitely can they could definitely take you down a rabbit hole at the same token right right you have to manage the manage the call well but they do make it fun yeah you know that's a good that's a good point i could see an i personality uh just wanting to to have a great conversation for hours and hours and and i know that's important to build rapport but how do you uh how do you teach your guys to kind of uh you know, politely disengage so you can actually get some work done and and get your two two and a half calls a, a day. You know, with an eye, you just got to take them with you. Uh, you you just got to say, hey, come on, let's. If you want to, I, I I've got to work. I need to move over here and get finished getting this bathroom checked. But why don't you come with me? It will fit. We'll continue to talk. Okay, so perfect. So you can you still can have that chit chat while you're doing the work. And that way they feel like you're you're engaged with them and, and you're not being impolite by saying you have to separate. Right. I like that. I like that a lot. So when you when you train about these different personalities, you just try and take maybe one a day. When you know you're training five days a week, you know, like it sounds like four of the days are really more intense communication and, and, and sales training. Is that or, or do you just you know, do you to cover all four of them each day and, and, and your role play that way, or how do you guys approach it? Um so when you we probably focus on the disc one day a week. Okay. okay. But we really focus based off of the different technician and where they're at on their knowledge of disc. Mm-hmm. Um, so on what disc personality we might use for them in a role play. Okay. Very good. Very good. Um, when you guys talk, when you when you train your guys, when you when you talk to your guys about uh, inspections. And building options. What's your uh, what's your approach on the inspection? Is it done on every single call? 
so we we push for it to be done on every call mm-hmm. we um by all means we don't force it upon the client sure. we definitely we we let them know about it uh, when they're booking the call on the phone with our csrs nice. but we also the technician also will then offer it after well, after we go in the home and we've introduced ourselves and and after we've taken a look at whatever we've been called there for we'll then show them the inspection so you know this we like they told you on the phone we do offer this safety inspection of your home would you like for me to go ahead and complete this while i'm here got it very good um when building when building options i mean that is the the secret sauce right guys that are good at that that's one to hit out of the park um how, how do you guys how do you guys approach building options do you you know so do you do you always go from first of all do you always go top down the, the first option is always the biggest Yes. Okay, very good. And then, so I guess that's, of course, you know, the reason why you were called. Do you, um, is it, do you try and and explain to people certain uh, safety stuff first and then maybe more uh, just, you know, eye-pleasing things like new faucets second? Or how how will you talk to homeowners about the options and then how do you kind of work down from the top option, the, 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 you know, bare, bare bones? So, yeah, we definitely always start at the top option. Mm -hmm. Uh, One of the big things we trade on, though, before we ever go out to put our options together for the homeowner, we've already already set the stage of what we're going to be bringing back in on our options paper. Mm -hmm. So we're going to go ahead and discuss with them, for example, on that faucet bite. So, you know, well, Bob, do you like that faucet? Yeah, Man. and go ahead, yeah. go ahead and feel them where they're at on the on the situation. But we're going to come in. We're going to go over the the best option, of course, first on um, all the replacement options and and what would be best for them. What would our professional recommendation would be for them? Sure. Are there certain things that you you t- you, you teach your guys to always keep an eye out that are I don't want to say they're easy up- upsells, but they're things that homeowners you know always like and. Then Especially once they're they're installed, they go, man, I, I could have never done without this. I'm really glad we we got that done. Are there a few things you you always look for, or is it just kind of depend home to home? Most certainly. So, for example, uh, if you go into a home and you go in the bathroom and they've got a plunger next to the toilet, mm-hmm. a plunger is definitely not a fashion statement. <laughs> uh, yes. If we have a plunger next to that toilet, there's probably a reason that plunger is there. Right. So that uh, that is that would be an easy conversation starter on on what they on the on a possible add-on item or, or a replacement option. Right, right. That makes sense. How about uh, how about water heaters? Obviously, that's a big ticket item. Do you with your inspections? Do they start at the water heater, or do your guys always somehow find their way? Whether it's checking water pressure to get to the water heater. Yes, so we always check the water heater. Uh, we always want to check it uh, for the age. Uh, we want to check our water pressure. We want to see if that water heater is installed up to code. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we educate the client on um, thermal expansion, uh, their water pressure, the age of the water heater, the lifespan of the water heater. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That way we could go ahead and... Uh, and educate them, but also then give them options on it. Very good. Is is water treatment a big thing for you guys and where you're at? Do you have hard water, soft water? Uh, it 
is not a big thing where we're at. We do have hard water. That is that's something we actually haven't never ventured into that mm-hmm. we need to. Mm-hmm. There you go. There you go. Sure. Well, hey, you can't do everything, right, Nick? <laughs> right, I have something to work on. That's great. I'm assuming is is uh, is financing a big tool for you guys? I mean, I know your average tickets have to be pretty strong, um, or is it something that's not as not as big? It, it is. So we do a lot of financing. We work with Green Sky. Okay. Yeah. Um, as far as our our financing, mm-hmm. but we uh, we offer financing on every call. Okay. And you lead, and is that always your lead? You always lead with the finance monthly amount. <laughs> Correct. So on their options paper, they'll they put down there on the on there's a little slot for it that they put what the. What's a monthly payment would be is if it was broke up over 12 months. Okay. Okay. So it's always over 12 months. Or do you have multiple financing options? We, we have multiple finance options, but the 12 month is by far the most popular. Okay. Okay. So, yeah. So your, what, is your average, what is your average? We go with. I'm sorry? What is your average ticket, Nick? It's probably 15, uh, over 1,000 or? Yes. Our average invoice usually runs over 1,000 or. Our minimum acceptable, um, as far as for the guys, we say is eight fifty. Okay, very good. So yeah, if you break it up over twelve months, it becomes all of a sudden a lot more, a lot more palatable for for homeowners. Um, so yeah, so let's talk about that. So you said minimum is set, the minimum standards kind of eight fifty. What happens um, when you notice you have a, a plumber that might? You know, he's had a week where he's just, or maybe it's just a day. Or let's let's ask. Maybe let me rephrase it. What do you do when you start seeing, you know, one or two, um, you know, tickets that are under your your standard? Is it is it an immediate phone call to that guy, or do you bring him in and kind of just see what's going on, or how do you manage performance on a day to day basis like that? Yeah, so we will uh, we will give him a call if I see that. You know, he said a, a couple bad lick, a couple low tickets or something. I might call him and say, "Hey, you know, I just wanted to check on you, make sure everything's okay. You know, you having any trouble?" Yeah. And just you know, just kind of just reach out to him mm-hmm. and really allow him to bring his problem to me. Got it. Mm-hmm. Uh, versus him feel like Big Brother's watching. Sure. Sure. And so, it's something. Is that something that you're monitoring every day, or do you have someone that now does that for you? Um, so I do monitor it on certain days. Mm-hmm. We have a dispatcher that, as he's dispatched, if he sees it going on, mm-hmm. he will let myself or the other guy that um, helps with the training know. Right, right. And we kind of we kind of tag team that at the current time. We are working on our guy that we have in a trainer role. Uh, to move him to a service manager role very good. in the near future. Okay, very good, very good. Just to, just to alleviate additional responsibilities for you so you can kind of focus on growing the business? Correct, yes. Now, um, if I'm not mistaken, Steve uh, shared with me that you know he realized, um, I guess it's been some years ago now, that your goal was to ultimately be own your own plumbing business, right? And that came from having those those types of conversations. I think he, he asked you guys to write three business goals and three personal goals every every uh, every year. Is that is that accurate? Correct. Yeah. So we do that. That's a kind of an activity we do every year. But we pass out a paper. I'll asking for their personal and their business goals so that way we can see what it is that we might be able to 
help them achieve in their personal lives um, as well. So, but yeah, that's how it all started. Is <laughs> I just wrote down on a piece of paper that by the time I was thirty, I either wanted to be working for myself or being in a contract to buy him out. Yeah, is that right? You put it right out there. Good for you. But, yep. Where now? Where did that come from? Have you always felt like you wanted to do your own thing, or did you? Did you get into the business and go, man, I love this, and I, I just uh, I have a passion for it, and this is what I want to do? You know, that is a great question that I've actually often asked, asked myself. Uh-huh. Um, what what drove me to write that on that piece of paper that day? And, right. Um, I, you know, I always knew I wanted, uh, I wanted to own my own company. I didn't know what sort. Mm-hmm. So then once I got into plumbing, I, it, it just – it fit me like a glove, and I was like, here we go, this, this is it. Support for this podcast comes from Mike Albert Fleet Solutions. Mike Albert Fleet Solutions is a full-service fleet management company working alongside you to help get the trucks, vans, and cars you need to run your business and keep them on the road day after day. We'll help you find the right vehicles, finance them, equip them for the work you're doing, all while helping you plan ahead for future growth. Learn more at MikeAlbert.com. Welcome back to the show. In the first half of my discussion with Nick Martin of Steve Huff Plumbing in Kingsport, Tennessee, we dug deep into how the company trains for each disc personality type. Nick talked about how Steve Huff Plumbing offers inspections, builds options, and utilizes financing. And Nick explains how he works with his team to create both personal and professional goals. In the second half of our conversation, I ask Nick to share his experiences of moving out of the field as a successful technician and into the office as a general manager and eventual owner. We also talk about Steve Huff Plumbing's call center, their apprentice program, drain cleaning division, and marketing. But maybe the most insightful part of the interview happens near the end when Nick reveals what he does every day and throughout the year to foster a strong, tightly knit team. So let's jump back into the conversation. When you, you know, you work with your team now to talk about their, you know, per, their personal and professional goals, you have them write them down. Is there, uh, is there, you know, follow up with that, every, you know, every quarter or more frequently or how, cause you don't want to like, you know, push people right into their, especially with their personal goal, but is there any kind of accountability at all or, or way you kind of help coach them along? Yeah, so what we do is uh, they they write their goals down once a year, but we do employee reviews twice, every six months. Okay. So um, every six months, I, we pull those out for their employee reviews, and we just say, all right, well, you know, we just wanted to look over your goals for where you were at this year and, you know, what you were working on and where you're – where you're headed towards or where you might be having trouble and where we might be able to help. Right, right. Very good. And then, I mean, what are some interesting personal goals? Is it just like, you know, I don't know, buying a new truck or being a homeowner? What are some things you've seen on there? I've seen it from, um, you know, stuff from as big as buying a house, a boat, um, new cars, um, you know, to, to some of them as simple of wanting to be able to go to the grocery store and not have to worry about what they put in their buggy. Oh, wow. Yeah. Now, now, when people, you know, are that vulnerable and, and revealing about their personal lives, and do you, do you try and help them? I mean, do you, do you talk to them about, uh, you know, how to pick out a mortgage? Or, I mean, or, or do you try not to get that personal and, and just kind of share what, what you can without being too, you know, pushy, I suppose? Um, so we are not hesitant on getting uh, personal. It, it definitely has its um, 
is pros and cons, but it's definitely also part of what we really believe is helped boost the amount of growth of what we've had sure. um, over the last several years. Um, but no, we, as far as if they're looking at purchasing a home, um, you know, we're more than willing to go out and um, answer, answer any questions they have, or mm-hmm. if they're looking at a house and they want an, a second opinion, I'm more than willing to take some time and go and go look at the house with them. That's great. That's really great. That's really cool. Um, now with your with your personal story, so you you, know, you tell Steve, hey, I want to I want to I want to have my own business or buy your business, and, and he goes, oh, okay, you know, I think we can work with that. Um, I know. Uh, I see. I guess what that that started becoming more of a reality in the last. Uh, I guess was it three or five years now? I can't. I'm losing track. Uh, yeah, about five years. I guess it was uh, around 2014, 2015. Okay. okay. So obviously, before you, before the, you know, you're going to go into that that position. They wanted to make sure you were ready um, and had as much support from them as, as possible. So you kind of understood the the general manager role. I mean, coming from the field, it's it's quite a bit different, as you can attest to. So what was your what was your transition like um, out of the field and, and into that GM role? I think what Steve mentioned, you guys, you kind of sat with them for you know for time stretches to kind of understand what like KPIs are and kind of the back end of the business. Right. Um, yeah, I worked with them hand in hand, just uh, spending time with them and during the days on certain days or the evenings, um, just talking about it and learning. Right. Um, and then it went to where I had one day a week in the office. Okay. Okay. Um, so I would I would still run a truck four days a week and I would and I'd be in the field in the office one day a week. Okay. Um, and then that transitioned to where I had um, uh, two to three days in the office and the other days in the field. Okay. And then finally, finally from that point, I pulled all the way out. Okay. Very good. Very good. Was that a weird transition? Because I talk to guys all the time that go, I, that's been the biggest challenge for me is is not being able to get in the field and talk to, to customers. That's what I love to do. Or were you ready for that? Um, so... Uh, I I could go both directions with it. It was very odd and different um, because I was used to running a truck, so I always had something. I was always doing something. Sure, sure. To the GM role of there were days if everything was going great, I might not necessarily have a lot to do that. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. So it, it was definitely an odd transition um, in a hole on that side of it. Mm-hmm. Um and learning there's a big difference from being in the field to being in the office. For sure, for sure. Now, now uh, share with me, who is all in the office with you at the Steve Tuff, Steve Huff team? Um, so I have my wife, Jamie. Mm-hmm. Uh, she is our office manager. Okay. And then we have um, three CSRs. Uh, we have Maddie. Uh, Morgan and Sandy. Okay, very good. Now, when did uh, I, I asked that kind of intentionally? I wanted to ask you what. Now, when did Jamie get in, into the business? Did you guys meet at the company, or did uh, were you did you guys meet outside of work life, and then you kind of you know suckered into this industry? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we met outside of work. Okay. okay. Um, and then after we got married. Um, there once i started going to the expos probably about five years ago or so right um it started that i just brought her with me to the expos right 
and then then it, it worked into we were having a lady that was acting as the office manager at that time retiring okay and so it kind of worked out at a as the perfect opportunity to bring her in that's great that's great what kind of background does Jamie have Jamie has always worked in the medical industry okay. um, but she was over a over a a medical equi- home medical equipment company as a billing manager. Oh wow! Okay, so she definitely had the the back end knowledge. So this wasn't walking into it and learning from from scratch. Right. Okay. Very good. Now, does she manage the the CSRs then as well? Correct. Okay. <laughs> Very good. So, how did, uh, did was that was that kind of a new skill for her, or did she have some uh, some kind of uh, you know with you know, answering phones was definitely a little bit different than managing billing and stuff like that. So, was that something she had to learn as well? Yes, the, she had to learn on the phone side of it. Right. Um, she was used to the managing the people side of it, but. The phone part of it was definitely a new thing for her. Right, right, for sure, for sure. That's a part that often gets overlooked in our industry. Um, so what is your, uh, I'm just kind of intrigued. So with your CSRs, do they do a lot of outbound calling as well as inbound? Or are you guys staying relatively busy enough where you, that's not an issue? It's Yeah, we don't, it's not an issue for us. Um, we don't do any of the outbound calling currently. That's great. That's great. How far, how far out are you guys booked uh, on service calls? We generally stay about a week out. Man, that's great. That's fantastic to hear. Well, I guess you know you got a strong business with a, a strong name in your market. Uh, that helps. Everyone knows where to go, right? Uh, right. That's great. All right. So, um, you know, you mentioned you've added... Uh, uh, you've added a couple of uh, plumbers this year. Now, were they were they people that were apprentices that you uh, had trained up and now took over their own truck, or were they uh, from the industry? No, they were they were trained from the ground up. That's great. And I was going to say, aren't all your guys, if I'm not mistaken, now I, I say that, aren't most of them at least uh, trained, you know, green and, and then raised within the Steve Hoff Plumbing ways? Yes. That's fantastic. Now, how many apprentices do you, do you currently have then? We, currently, we have five apprentices. That's wonderful. Now, how do, you, uh, how do you rotate them amongst the now 12 trucks? Is it, you know, do you try and partner personalities? Maybe where someone is in a, you know, has a, a different personality, you try and stick an apprentice with him, or you just try and cycle them all through so they can get a feel for everyone's style? We cycle them through... Um, we have our one uh, service technician, Jimmy, who does the bulk of our training out in the field. Okay. So he, we rotate them to where they try to be with him at least one day a week. Okay, that's great. That makes that makes definite sense. Um, how how fast do you think you is or maybe fast isn't a good word. When when are people typically ready to to kind of take on their own truck? Uh, so I've had it happen as fast as. Seven to eight months. Okay. Um, I've had some of them take up to sixteen months. Okay. Okay. It it's all based on the individual, and you don't want to rush them. Sure. So you, you kind of got to set the you know set goals with them and, and communicate. You know, this is when I'm looking and shooting for you to be into a truck. Right. Um. What you know? What can we do to help you? What What else do you need from us? Right. 
How do you, uh, this always seems to be a, a, something that I'm intrigued by, and I, I hear guys talk about it all the time. How do you gauge their technical performance? Is there anything you have kind of written that you can check off? You know, Joe is, has definitely seen how to install a, a gas water heater, or, or is it just really just talking with uh, all the plumbers that, that Joe is riding along with? So what we've done is we have created a checkoff list. Okay. And we've got the 15 most common things that we do in a home. Got it. Uh, between repairing faucets to uh, unstopping sewer lines to diagnosing a water heater. Mm-hmm. And we have a checkoff list. Well, there's there's three of us that, I've, that can sign off on their papers. Okay. So when they go out and they put in a water heater, if they're with one of the three that can sign off, yep. um, if they can install that water heater to perfection without any hiccups, mm. then that technician can sign off on that. Very good. Okay. Well, they have to get all of that signed off on before they can apply for a truck. Okay. And then they have to, is there an app, actual application process or you just kind of monitor their papers and say, okay, you've been signed off on all the, the 15 most common repairs? So once they get, once they have all of that signed off on, um, they can, we have a little paper application that they fill out and state the reason why they feel they are capable and ready to go into a truck. That's great. So it really puts the impetus on them to have that desire to do it. You're not just saying, okay, hey, you can do it. Get in there because maybe they, they know how to do it technically, but maybe they're just not confident enough to do it yet. Correct. Yeah, I love that a lot. That's great. That's great. Um, you mentioned uh, you mentioned drain cleaning. Is that a big part of your guys' business? Yes. Yeah, so we do do a, a good bit of drain cleaning. We keep sewer machines on all the trucks, mm-hmm. uh, and that's a that's a big that's kind of a one of the things that they have to be able to do before they can go into a truck. Right. Now, will you put a, a do you have cameras in all the trucks too? Yes, we have cameras and locators in all of our vans. That's great. Now, is that is that something you guys charge for or do you do that as a kind of like a value added to see, hey, this is what's really going on at your uh, at your house? So, if it's a if we are going out to clear main line, we do it as part of the cleaning, drain cleaning service. Mm-hmm. Um, if we're going out and that's all they want is a camera, uh, a camera, and then there's a charge for okay. it. That makes sense. Um, now, will you guys do you only do digs, or do you do other kind of you know relining, or, or what do you guys do? All we do is digging. Now we okay. don't do any relining or bursting. Okay, very good. Now, do you now who sells those jobs? Is it, are you comfortable with your your plumbers selling those? Yes. That's great. That's great. So everyone can, can knows how to sell those, and they're comfortable doing it. Right. And if they get on one, especially our younger guys, if they get on one or maybe it's going to be an excavation that they're not comfortable or confident with running the machine on, they will reach out to myself or um, or the dispatch say, hey, you know, they're needing this replacement done. I'm not confident or comfortable in pricing it or yeah. whatever the case may be. And that's generally an opportunity where myself or one of the other senior techs can go out there and help close that sale. Great. That's great. Now, do you, do you subcontract out the dig or do you have a team that does that? Uh, no, most of all of our technicians can run the equipment. That's great. That's really cool. Okay, very good, very good. Um, 
All right. So I kind of transitioning into uh, into some other business stuff, like the, for marketing, for example. Again, you guys have a great a great name in your market, uh, which is a, a huge uh, benefit. Um, what, what percentage of your calls do you think are are just return calls or, or a friend's recommendation versus you know new people that have never used you before? I would say that a, a large part. I'd say you know sixty to seventy percent. Or returning clients, or it might be a little less of that. It might be more fifty percent return yep. client, but we have a lot of returning customers and, and club members. That's great. Oh yeah, the, the forgot to ask you about the club membership. What do you just have one single level membership, or do you have a kind of a yes. multi-tier one? Okay, beautiful. And it's what one inspection a year. What what are the benefits? Um, so they do get the annual inspection every year. Mm-hmm. Um, they get a. a, a 15% discount on any work we do. Mm-hmm. You've got an extended uh, warranty on any repairs we make. We offer a lifetime warranty on fixtures that we provide and install. That's great. And then they have a reduced service fee. That's fantastic. I like it, and a reduced one. So they got a little skin in the game, so it ain't coming out for free. <laughs> right. Um, what do you guys do for then for, for uh, trying to attract uh, new customers then? Are, are you... Is, Pay-per-click is always a big thing, um, or, or do you do any traditional media? So we do uh, we do the pay-per-click. We do radio. Oh, okay, great. Okay, what's uh, what is your radio? What are your radio ads like? What do you uh, you know? What's the person? Who, well, first of all, who do, who do, does your radio ads? Is someone local, or do you have a, a vendor partner with SGI that helps you? Um, so up to this point, Steve has actually written all of the radio ads. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Um, so that is something we are currently working on is um, is getting some new ads written. I'm working with a couple different local radio companies. Yeah. Um, to get some get some fresh material written. Yeah. Thankfully, I've got enough um, enough of a selection. I can rotate them pretty regular. Yeah. Um, a couple times a year, and I've got enough that I can swap them out. Now, are you going to start introducing yourself? Is there going to be like a a formal in front of the public uh, handing of the garb so people know that that now you're the owner? Or are you are you not going to? You don't want to be the personality of it. Um, no, I'm kind of. We're kind of just leaving that alone. Okay. Um, uh, mainly because right now I can still go out to dinner in town and I don't have to worry about people saying, hey, you're the owner. <laughs> yeah, right. Let me tell you about this job. You guys did a great job. I'm like, oh, gosh, I just want to be left alone, right? <laughs> That's kind right. of funny. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Um, so, Nick, talk about your day now. I mean, uh, obviously you've been in the GM role for a while, but maybe for, for other members or, or non-contractors who are aspiring to kind of get into your where you are as a, a running a business and not in it day to day, what what do you focus most of your, your time and attention on? Um, so my main focus is in the mornings mm-hmm. is my guys. Mm-hmm. Um, I come in, I still come in in the mornings with them. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll come in and sit in the training room and listen to the training and and add to it and, and talk to them and help them get going for the day and get them going Um you know, just to be able to come in and put my finger on them and, and be able to see if somebody's got their head down or, right. you know, you know that way if I see something, I can say, hey, you know, is everything all right? Is there anything I can do to help or, you know, what what's going on? Right, right. Um, 
but so that's that's one of the most important times to me in my day mm-hmm. is that and also in the evenings when they come in mm-hmm. okay it's it's funny they don't care what nick does all day long <laughs> as long as i'm here in the mornings and then i'm here in the evenings as they come in interesting that means more to them than anything interesting okay so you have so everyone does come back in the evening what uh, what do you guys use that time to do um, but generally in the evenings when they come in, I just, you know, I greet them, ask them how their day was, yeah. you know, and, um, and of course if they've had a great day. They want to, they want to talk about it and celebrate. <laughs> sure. Um, or they might say, well, you know, I, I, had a, I had a, I had a bad day or I had this call just didn't go good. And, you know, and it might be that we role played out. Yeah. That's great. So you, you know, that's great. You really have a hands-on approach. You realize, you know, your techs are really your business. And so you've got to manage those, those relationships and those, uh, you know, their, their attitudes. Cause, uh, as as they go, the business goes. Correct. That's um, you, and, you know, so that's kind of my morning and my evening. Um, after they get gone, I, that's generally when I make my way into the office and just speak to everybody in the office. Right. Um, and, you know, that and, you know, generally one day a week we like to buy the office lunch. Oh, that's great. Yeah. And you let them, you let them choose or you just surprise them? Uh, we let them choose. We'll just, you know, we might, uh, generally they all eat lunch. They usually all take turns on who's going to go pick up the lunch or or whatever. So generally we'll, you know, if it's, if I'm going to have lunch with them, I might say, well, where, where are y'all having lunch today? And they'll yeah. tell me and I'll say, well, this is what I want. And then I'll just go pick it up. There you go. There you go. That's great. Are there other little fun things you guys do to keep it, uh, you know, it, it just helps build culture, right? And builds, uh, everyone enjoying where they're working or are there other little things you do like that? Well, so like at Easter, we do an Easter egg hunt with them. Um, <laughs> That's great. What do you put in the um, eggs? Uh, so they, we, we usually generally buy some different prizes, um, iPads, Yeti coolers, TVs, um, that are, we'll, um, we just did a, for Halloween, instead of an Easter egg hunt, we did a pumpkin hunt. So we, we got a bunch of little small pumpkins and hit them all through the back lot. That's fun. Um, (laughs) and on some of those, we wrote eight hours of paid vacation time. Oh, nice. Very nice. Um. But that's, you know, but that's one of the things we did um, earlier this year. We just, we made up a little paper. We just said, you know, write down all this, all this paper, what kind of rewards you would like. If we're, if you're going to win a prize, what kind of prize is it that you want? That's a good idea, Nick. I like that. Yeah, give them what they want, right? Right. That's funny. I, I, I bet watching uh, adults sprint through uh, a <laughs> back lot looking for pumpkins that would be kind of kind of funny. <laughs> yeah. So so you know we just we try to just kind of do different little things like that. Um, yeah, that's great. We've got a turkey shoot coming up next week. Oh, nice. Yeah, for sure. Very um, So we've got Nerf guns, and they'll all do a. They'll all have the chance to shoot at some little turkeys, and whoever wins. Whoever wins the most points will win a prize. Okay, I was wondering if you guys were actually bringing out rifles. Okay, that's that's definitely a safer way to do it. <laughs> I like that a lot. That's kind of that's really funny. Uh, very good. Um, all right. Well, you know, Nick, you're a super young guy. Yeah. By the way, how old are you? You're, you're are you even? Uh, you're not even. I'm 33. 33. I was going to say I, I I thought you were over 30, but not by much. Um, so you you know I don't know what are your what are your goals for the business? You know, five, ten, twenty years. I mean, uh, do you just want to see how big you can grow it, or do you just enjoy um, having it being a good sized business, but not where it's it, you know more people, more problems, right? So, or, or what's what are you what are you hoping to do? 
Oh, no, we're looking to continue to grow. Cool. Um, uh, we're not looking to slow down at all. I'm actually looking at possibly purchasing a couple more vans before the year's out this year. Good for you. Good for you. So right. we're we're looking to continue to grow and expand into other areas. Okay. Um, and look at um, adding, possibly adding another trade. Oh, okay. What, HVAC maybe or maybe electrical? Uh, yeah, probably HVAC. Good for you. When do you think that might happen? How, how far out? Um, I'm hoping with I'm hoping within the next uh, year to two years. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, are you going to get? I mean, I, I forget what every state's a little different. Are you going to get licensed in that, or are you going to bring someone in, or? Uh, I will probably sit and get the license also, just that way I can hold it for the company. Yeah. Um, sure. But I will definitely have to bring some people in that know about it. Yeah, yeah, that's that's really exciting. That's really exciting. How how many people are in Kingsport? Is it? I mean, how, yeah. I mean, how many how many thousands of people? Um, we, so we cover kind of three different cities. Uh-huh. Um, we have Kingsport, Johnson, and Bristol. Okay. Um, and the Kingsport population mm-hmm. is probably around 50 to 60,000. Okay. So you think you can, if you're servicing Kingsport plus those other communities, you probably could add quite a few more plumbing trucks. You're not, you're not hitting a, a ceiling yet. No. Okay. Very good. Well, that's exciting. That's that's really neat. Good for you. That's that's fantastic. Well, I guess uh, just one last question. You know, any advice you, would you have for, uh, especially members that are listening, on how to uh, just you know have a really successful business? What what are some things that you you know maybe at Expo you tell people? This is you get this under control, you're going to do all right. Uh, invest in your people. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not only with training, but sometimes it's just you investing your time in them. Yeah, yeah. Um, and but make sure that you're training and making sure that they know how much you care mm. and what you're willing to do to help make them successful. That's great. That's awesome. Beautiful. All right. Well, Nick, hey, thank you so very, very much for your time. Really enjoyed the conversation. I, I, I'm glad we were able to get in some nitty-gritty stuff, talking about dispersonality and stuff like that. Um, cannot thank you enough, and I just wish you all the, the success in the world moving forward. All right, Bob. Thank you. Thank you. Have a great day. We'll talk soon. You too. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. That's Nick Martin, owner of Steve Hoff Plumbing in Kingsport, Tennessee. Thanks for listening to the show. If you feel like you have a great story worth sharing that would also help other contractors, email me at bhouchin at yoursgi.com. Also, if you enjoyed today's episode, please give us a rating. And remember, friends give fives. You've been listening to the Successful Contractor Podcast, powered by Success Group International. Minuteman Press to Pair is a complete marketing service provider offering professional design and direct mail services. We have extensive knowledge and experience in the residential service industry, and Minuteman Press to Pair has been helping SGI members with price guides, inspection forms, club materials, postcards, and more since 2001. Minuteman Press to Pair is the only Minuteman location affiliated with the SGI Preferred Partner Network, providing you with member rebates and discounts. Contact Denise today for more information at 877-203-4769. 
The Successful Contractor Podcast is a part of the Success Group International family. SGI is the largest member-owned best practices organization for independent residential services contractors. SGI provides its members a competitive edge through proven proprietary management tools and expertise, marketing programs, training, and group buying power, along with a highly active and eager-to-help membership. For more information about Success Group International, visit www.yoursgi.com. The Successful Contractor Podcast is a production of the Aquila Investment Group, LLC, All Rights Reserved, 2020.